2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Bridge Radio, and we are coming at you from the great state of Texas. I am your host, A.W. Varilla, and next to me, the Vice President, <laughs> Leanne Ben-Hartog. Hey, it's so glad. I'm so happy to be back. Yeah, and for our listeners, you're probably like being thrown off. What's going on here? Well, today is a special, super special podcast because today we're going to have the author of Mama Bear Apologetics, uh, Hillary Morgan Ferreira uh, from Harvest House publishing and today we're gonna have uh leanne Mm -hmm. lead the podcast so we're super excited about that so uh again please stay tuned as we're gonna be talking about the book but before we begin we're just gonna give a little bit of update of the ministry uh again we still have our bible studies going on guys uh make sure that you guys are registering for our spanish conference for our spanish-speaking community uh that want to come to the conference uh november 11th at tamiu starting at eight o'clock in the morning uh so please go to bridgemanlaredo.org and start uh purchasing your tickets we will be having pastor uh jonathan tucker from master seminary and we're going to be having pastor eduardo mantorano from uh, puritan reform uh, also pastor here local they're both local local pastors so we're super excited to have them as well and please continue to uh, check out the website for our latest bible studies uh seminary for the cohorts is starting in september so if you're interested in attending seminary please go to our website and you can see our seminary uh, cohort tab on there and please register if you're just looking to uh, uh get a certificate you know please go check that out so leanne what are you excited about this podcast today with hillary uh, Morgan Ferreira from Mama Bear Apologetics. I think I'm so excited because when we look at what we do here as a ministry, mm. her book is one of those integral cogs in the wheel. Yeah. Um, so we were recently at a missions conference in Houston. And so you have a display table and you can only bring limited books to kind of say, this is what we do as a ministry. And both of her books I brought, uh, Mama Bear Apologetics and then her second one on gender and sexuality. And again, People come up, they ask questions, and I think, again, as an older, a mature woman in Christ, <laughs> that we're mentoring the younger women, yeah. but I think the times we're living in, we need help. We need help um, in raising our kids. We need help in conversations, even with older people. Like, how do we get to this place, and what do we do about it? Um, and I said, this is one of those books that you read, and it doesn't leave you. It's not like, oh, I read this. I'm never going to think about it again. And even this week coming in, like that scripture verse, I'll kind of expand a little bit later. But yeah. that is so what her book is about. It's like helping us in all of those areas. Um, and it's a very applicable book. Yeah. I mean, there is, it's just a great book. Well, we're definitely excited to have you on today and lead the show uh gives me a break and but i'll be here and uh we're just super excited that uh she gets to be on and that you'll be leading the podcast today well if there's 
Anything else that we want to add? Leanne, let's get this podcast started. Yay. (laughs) Let's do it. Welcome to Bridge Radio, and today we are doing Mama Bear Apologetics, and we actually have Hillary Morgan Ferrer with us, and she is the founder of Mama Bear Apologetics. She has a burden for providing accessible apologetic resources for busy moms. She has a master's in biology, and her specialties are scientific apologetics, dealing with doubt, and identifying causes and solutions for youth leaving the church. And I wanted to read just from their website. It says, train yourself, equip your kids, learn how to raise kids who think critically, love biblically, and stand firm against the cultural tide. And I'm just so thankful that you're with us today, Hillary. Ah, oh, thank you so much for having me. Um, I was really ecstatic because when um, we go to conferences um, and we have limited table space and there's certain books I always bring and your books are some of those. Um, and we were recently at a conference in Houston on missions. And again, oh. the number of women who came up and we were, you know, asking about your book or actually telling us that they were doing that book study in their church at the time. Um, and I have just some really sweet, as we've, we've talked about as time passes. And, um, you know, you think of COVID and we did it in 2020. I know your book came out in 2019. Mm-hmm. But... You know, I was going back through my notes and the names and everything, and, and, and your book is just an amazing book. And so I wanted to get right into some of the, the things. I said, this is not a book that you read it and then you forget about it. It is constantly in the forefront of my mind. Like yesterday mm-hmm. driving in, um, I, re- I heard that Second Timothy passage, and he had broken it down. And he said, all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, which indicates what is right. Mm-hmm. For reproof, that indicates what is wrong. For correction, that is how we reset, how we make r- wrong into right, and then training in righteousness, how to live right. And I thought, that is exactly what your book does. That's the Roar Method. You just described the Roar Method. <laughs> yeah. And so, and again, we'll get into that. But I was just, that's yeah. why it so resonated, because that's the sweetness of God, that as you're doing this, he supplies everything we need. And your book supplies so many tools. So, but the one thing I wanted to clarify, and I've talked to so many women about is why is Mama Bear Apologetics not just for mamas who have children in their homes? Yeah, so a lot of times people are asking me what age group is this for? And I'm like, really, it's for any age group? I I mean, obviously the ideal age group would be to be getting the moms with the kids who are just starting out, they're building their foundation. But I don't think there's ever a time from birth through death where we don't need to be learning how to think critically through the stuff that we see cultural cultural kind of lobbying at us. It's one of those things where um, we'll just say people's ability to really, um, how do I say this nicely, um, evaluate what is real right now is a little bit lacking. And so being able to understand things from a biblical worldview and say which belief system actually aligns best with reality and being able to say, well, this one does align with reality, i.e. that which is true, that which what we see going on uh, versus these things, um, they sound nice, but they don't align with reality. And so Mm -hmm. just being able to think critically to know why we believe what we believe, um, why we reject what we reject uh, and all those things that even if you have a little kid, it's great to build them up. But if you have more of a teenager, it's never too late. If you have an adult child, I would say, especially with uh, some of the the ways that we talk about having conversations, these are, this is bridge radio. These are ways to build bridges, even with your adult children, as you're trying to have conversations that it's never too late to begin um, 
doing maybe what you wish you had done before. I know there's lots of moms that come up and say, what, where was this when I was mm -hmm. a, a young mom? And I say, it's never too late. There's always time for us to be having God honoring conversations. And so um, I've heard people say, this is not just for moms. This is for mm -hmm. dads too. This is for grandmama bears. This is for grandpapa bears. This is for Amen. aunts and uncles and just people who want to understand the culture. Uh, I, we aim it at moms just because that's the demographic that I felt like the Lord specifically called me to. Uh, but the information really is good for anyone. Mm -hmm. Well, I even thought when I was visiting my mom in her assisted living center, and my mom was like 90, and so her friends would come to visit, and we had a lot of theological conversations that were about all these topics that they're just like, they didn't know what they believed. They believed a bunch of different things. So yeah, this can be for any age group. <laughs> And what an important time to be able to talk about why you believe in what you believe right. in maybe those later years. Yeah. And to know it's from the word. That was one thing yeah. that my mom, as I talked with her friend, she got up and went and got her Bible and handed the Bible to me, knowing this is what Aww. we will be. Yeah. Even with her I dementia. Love it. Yeah. What a salt and light you were in that place. Well, my mom, too. But we'll yeah. move on. <laughs> um, in your book, you mentioned ways to be a mama bear apologist. And I know an apologist is just that we give reasons for um, mm -hmm. and evidence for what we believe. Would you mind going over some of those ways that mamas can be become apologists yeah. that you mentioned in your so, book? Uh, Hillary Short was the one that wrote this chapter. She did a fabulous job, and she kind of identified four things that if you're kind of on your way to becoming a mama bear apologist, here's some of the things you need to do. Uh, number one is knowing the word. And I don't know, are y'all familiar with the phrase deconstruction mm -hmm. right now? Oh, yeah. Very popular in culture. Everybody's wanting to deconstruct their faith. And the conclusion that I've come to is the best antidote for deconstruction is just knowing the Bible. Because most people who are deconstructing are deconstructing from things that they were taught about the Bible and not necessarily what the Bible teaches mm -hmm. or not necessarily what the Bible teaches in context with all of Scripture. Mm -hmm. And so I think one of the first things we can do to to, um, prevent ourselves from being harmed by bad ideologies, by bad theology, by oppressive, by toxic theology, is to actually know what the Word says. So that when someone says, well, according to the Bible, blah, 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 and they cherry pick some verse, you're like, no, 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 that's A, that's not in context, and B, that completely disagrees with this other verse that we talk about. So you can't just pick the ones that you want to support your position. So knowing the Word, I think, is one of the most important mm -hmm. things that we can do. Um, secondly, is just gathering resources. I think sometimes we have this idea that we have to reinvent the wheel for ourselves when there are so many great resources. Uh, my father used to tell me when I was growing up, you don't need to have all the answers. You just need to know where to find the answers. Yes. And so that has led to my husband and I having an entire room off the garage full of books. <laughs> We've got our own library out there uh, because we want to be able to know that we uh, can find answers if we need to. Um, third is carving out fa uh, regular family time. And I think mm -hmm. this is one of those things that gets more and more difficult, especially as kids get older when they start getting into sports. And so this is really important when kids are young is to develop a, fam a specific family time where you're going through the word where you say this is a priority for our family. There's a, there's a family that lives down the road for me that I absolutely adore having dinner with them because mm -hmm. they have a routine. There's something beautiful about routines where uh, they they have two different prayers. It's either the Lord's Prayer or this little song that they, they get to pick between which one they want to do before dinner. And then they have dinner. And at the end of dinner, they all sit around and either mom or dad goes and gets the dev devotional or the Bible and starts reading the passage. And they just have, you know, 10 minutes of discussion. 
And the kids, like, if they don't get that, they actually, because they start craving that routine, they start loving that routine. So just carving out that family time, mm-hmm. um, because you're going to get questions that you didn't even know were on your kids' minds. And so that's what you really want to do is you want to know what questions are coming up, because if you're not getting them, Dr. Google is getting them. He's open <laughs> 24-7, and he does not have the best information no. <laughs> or advice. Um, and then finally finding like-minded mamas, I would say, especially mm-hmm. with the Mama Bear Apologetics book, it's almost a shame. It's like, it's, you know, it's good to read by yourself, but I, th- I feel like you almost miss out if you're just reading it by yourself. It's getting other women, because we as women just kind of can a lot of times be verbal processors where we uh, want to talk through these concepts. We can give examples. Oh, I saw this happen or I saw this at a craft store or this happened on a TV show. How, oh, really? How did you? react to that? How did you explain it to your child? So just finding like-minded mamas. I mean, this is a theme throughout scripture of that we need the community mm-hmm. of Christ. And so finding other women that are saying, yes, we see the dangers that are happening in society, and we are dedicated to raising our children in a reasonable, rational faith, one that is full of um, full of evidence to, to where we can say we are intellectually placing our faith in something. Um, people think that faith is you know, belief in something despite the evidence, where as in Hebrews, it talks about faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. So anything that makes you more sure and more certain actually increases your faith. Mm-hmm. And so the whole goal is for us to have a solid faith built on a solid foundation with lots of examples in the past of really tough questions, having even tougher answers. Uh, and that's the foundation that we want to give our children. Yeah. I think, and and for some of us, this was new because I did not growing up having family devotions, but my husband did. Um, and I think that's one of those things that I have really appreciated. And even then when you're empty nesters, because we're empty, empty nesters now, but Steve and I still every night after dinner, get out the Bible and we have a devotional that we're working through the Bible. Oh, and it's an that. amazing thing. And I think too, like you said, if you've got company over, it's not like we're putting on a show. Yes. It's and to borrow Rosaria Butterfield who says, you know, we don't bring out the Bibles to stop the conversation. We bring out the Bibles to invite Jesus into the conversation. Amen. And so I just think, yeah, some of these things that maybe are foreign to us, but they're just so 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 important. Yeah. So again, we have the 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 firm foundation. And I think that also the community, I know for me especially that's been very helpful. Mm-hmm. And also I'm not the most technical person, but like my daughter-in-law, She'll say, she'll send me the link. She'll be like, oh, Mama Bear Apologetics, you know, the podcast today was so good. you got to listen to this. Or um, we'll get into it in a moment um, about the discernment. But she was reading a book on parenting that wasn't Christian. And she said, Mom, I'm having to do a lot of chewing and spitting. <laughs> good for her. Good for her. Because she probably still learned some things that were good. Right, exactly. Other things she was like, eh, maybe not so much. Yeah. So that kind of leads into my next question. Discernment in this world is so important, but unfortunately, we see less and less of it. Um, In your book, you teach about, and I think this is like chapter three, the discerning mama bear, the refined Mm -hmm. art of chew and spit. And then you also talk about roar, um, like a mother. So would you mind going over those processes? Because I found those to be, especially the chew and spitting, you can immediately do, but also the roar is so, so, so important. 
Yes, absolutely. So I, I think one of the biggest misunderstandings about discernment, like I've seen discernment ministries and, and even people with blogs that are called everything that's wrong with blank. And I'm thinking, good grief, if that's what we think discernment is, is just being this, you know, negative Nelly that's just pointing fingers everywhere. It's like, talk about being the stench of self-righteousness <laughs> instead of the aroma of Christ. Right. Um, so discernment, when it talks about in scripture, it's being able to see what is good and see what is bad. Um, so we, we talk about, we need to be able to identify the things that we agree with like your daughter who's reading that parenting book there's probably a lot of really great ideas mm -hmm. in there that wouldn't have occurred to her um similarly like i i follow uh, a neurologist uh, not a neurologist neuroscientist um uh, on on instagram and she had this really great parenting thing even though she's not a christian and i i reposted it on mama bear i was like "Ooh, this is really good advice and it was surprising to me how many people i got pushed back going well she's not a christian and i'm thinking can, can we not learn anything from yeah. people who aren't Christians? That when we are just so saturated in the word and in Christ, we can see truth wherever it comes and we can be grateful. And we can, and we can again, like build bridges with people where we see good, true and beautiful mm -hmm. things that are coming from them. And so we want to be able to identify that in whatever we're doing, but we also want to be able to identify where things have maybe gone off the rails, where they're reflecting more of a secular worldview and not a biblical worldview. Maybe they're misunderstanding the goodness of man as opposed to the total, you know, the depravity of man, mm -hmm. you know, is man basically good or is man basically evil, stuff like that. And, you know, so they're, they're identifying the problem and the solutions will be different based on your view of who man is. So right. these are kind of some of the things that we have to think about as we're going through, but once you really learn how to chew and spit, it's amazing how many things that you can read and still glean something from. Um, I would say people who are less mature in the faith, this is not a good place to start. You need to be able to have built up your powers of discernment to, to know um, what fits with biblical wisdom and what does not. So I would say learning the Bible and really fully understanding what the biblical worldview teaches is your first priority. And once you start doing that, you can start looking in different places and you can take things that are good and release things that aren't. Um, and I, I would say uh, we use the chew and spit and, and the roar method. We'll go through that in a second, not only with ideas, but just also media and music, because un unless you want to have just, um, you know, hymns playing all the time, we can't interact with anything in the world. And so we're going to be out in the world. So we need to know how to interact with things. Mm -hmm. And so being able to say, well, here, here's something good here. or Here's something bad here. Is this more bad than good? Do we need to use our discernment and say, no, we shouldn't partake in that anymore? I mean, so much of this is, is wisdom. I, a lot of times people talk about, you know, what is God's will? What's the right thing and the wrong thing? And I always say, I think that's the wrong question. I think we need to be asking what is the wise thing and what is the unwise thing? And mm -hmm. wisdom allows for a little bit more of a spectrum than just trying to put, you know, a staunch line down right and wrong. Um, and we kind of talk about that in the chew and spit also that we had a, a um, demographic of people who went on the all safe and all dangerous route. Like if anything is Christian, then you can fully trust it. If anything yeah. is secular, you fully can't trust it. Uh, well, I mean, especially now that we're seeing all these celebrity whoever's deconstructing, if a kid's been taught whatever comes out of this Christian's mouth, you can trust. Mm -hmm. um, we're teaching them to trust authorities. And so when they get into a place where they either have bad authority or they have a very secular authority, if we've taught them to just trust authorities, that's a bad way to be able to discern whether or not something's good or not. Um, 
And so, uh, yeah, so the all safe, all dangerous method is usually not the wisest way to interact mm -hmm. with culture. Um, so that's where we get into the roar method of like, what, how, how does this look like in real life? I thought too, when I practice this after learning and reading your book, um, I think it's really good to apply it in so many areas, not just the mm -hmm. Bible, so that they start seeing that. And yeah. I think especially with the young kids, you know, practicing sorting things out. Um, I don't know. It's just, I think the more that we apply it all the time, then it just becomes second nature that they start, you know, sorting and deciding what is good mm -hmm. and what is not. And um, one of my favorite memories of, of when we moved to Mexico is we went to a place and they served a mocajeta bowl, which they just chop up everything and nothing, all the bones are in there as well. Ooh. <laughs> and I was taught, you know, that you don't spit things out. <laughs> And you did so, not grow up in Texas. <laughs> no, no. So it was a it was a long meal, and I had a pile of napkins because I didn't know that I could actually pull the bone fragments out. But um, I think it's the same thing as teaching our kids that they have that authority, um, mm -hmm. that it's okay to say no, I'll pass on that, or again, mm -hmm. just just how to and take the time to to test the waters with your war method. And, and this is where I want to say sometimes with books I get, I'm like, eh, I don't need the study guide. I want to highly recommend people get the study guide as well as the book because I feel like in the study guide that you really um, flesh out, you have charts, you have templates, um, and you make prayer a key component, a component of this, which I think is so, so important. So if you wouldn't mind yes. kind of going through the letters of Roar, um, and yeah. then the, the listeners will see why, why I mentioned prayer. Yeah, so Roar stands for Recognize the Message offer discernment, argue for a healthier approach, and then reinforce these ideas through discussion, discipleship, and prayer. So what we're going to do when we start out with recognize the message is we're trying to figure out what is the actual message. Now with movies and media, there's usually kind of a narrative or a perspective that they're coming from. Uh, when it comes to ideas, there's usually kind of a basis of what is ultimate truth, what, you know, what, um, what do I say is the absolute from which we're evaluating everything in relation to. So really just understanding what message was that person trying to convey? What message is this movie trying to convey, this song, whatever? Um, and so that's really just being able to explain things in a way that the person who created it or the person who espouses that idea would say, yeah, no, that's that's what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. um, offering discernment uh, in, in subsequent um, presentations, I've changed, I've turned this into offering objective discernment because that concept of objective is really, really important. Mm -hmm. um, I use the example of um, ACDC back in the, the 90s where everybody was like, oh, it stands for Antichrist Devil's Children. And I'm like, <laughs> anyone who's taken physics knows you've got ACDC on the back of every electronic device that stands for alternating current, direct current. <laughs> they saw it on the back of a toaster. They thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> and so it's like, I, I have no idea what their music is. Maybe their music is straight from hell. I'm not sure. Um, but that's not the reason, and that's not what the name means. So we want to be able to know that when we are differentiating between good and evil, between right and wrong, between Christian and non-Christian, that we're coming from an objective perspective, that we're not just trying to hand wave and, and make everything out to uh, kind of like the Mrs. Boucher, it's the devil, Bobby, <laughs> you know, make, making everything evil. Um, and so the process with discernment, and I have a, I, I'm sad that we're doing this uh, radio, but I, this is what I do when I'm in my um, 
presentations is I is I have this little hand thing. So if you put your hands together, kind of like your fingers are laced and you're praying, I like to say everything comes with a mixture of good and bad, you know, a mixture of truth and lies. Our goal is to separate the good from the bad, and then you separate your two hands, and then you say accept the good, reject the bad. So everything comes as a mixture. We separate the good from the bad, accept the good, reject the bad. Mm. This little hand gesture is one of those things where you're talking with your kids. Okay, let's talk about this concept. Uh, you know, what are they trying to say? What's the main message? Okay, let's look at what's going on. And you can do your little hand gesture and the kids can use that hand gesture as they're thinking, okay, what are the good things that are, you know, good and admirable and true and lovely and, you know, all, all the things that we're supposed to meditate on. Um, what is the bad? Where are the ways where they're mis- they're twisting scripture? They're twisting who God is. They're twisting who man is. They're twisting what truth is, what reality is. We're separating that good from the bad. Now we're accepting the good and rejecting the bad. Mm. So at this stage, we've kind of separated the two things. That's that discernment process. Um, and now we're going to take the things that we've accepted that we say are good. And we're saying, how does the Bible actually address this better than the secular solutions? And so we're going to argue for a healthier approach. Mm. And I I got this idea from uh, several years back. I think it was Barna did a research study on why millennials are leaving the church. And they had six reasons why youth were leaving the church. And uh, what I did in that presentation was, you know, basically what was the line item? What did they say was going on? What had the church intended to do? There's usually good motives there versus what actually ended up happening and what's a healthier approach. So it was things like um, uh, it wasn't a good place for doubt. So what the church had intended to do was to really show a lot of confidence in in Christianity to the point of where they didn't address any objections. And so what Mm -hmm. ended up happening is the kids felt like they had nowhere to go with their doubts. And so that's a bad thing. So what's a healthier approach? Well, we need to express confidence, but we need to express confidence by answering those questions. That's a healthier approach. So in the healthier approach, we say, what are the good things that we've identified? How does the Bible address this and what solutions does it um, bring to the table? And then finally, um, reinforced through discussion, discipleship, and prayer, we try to give just activities you can do with your kids, maybe questions that you can have as you're driving around in the car. These are some things you can talk about after you're done with a movie. Uh, But one of the things that we have really made a point of in Mama Bear is to emphasize prayer because I think I've identified, it took me a long time to identify this. It's like sometimes you just have a spiritual stronghold in something and spiritual strongholds, you cannot argue your way past them. You can't discuss your way past them. You can't reason your way past them. If you, if a person has a spiritual stronghold, there is one way that you can attack that, and that is on your knees in prayer. And so a lot of times people uh, are like, well, how do I know when this is something that just needs to be discussed versus when this is a spiritual stronghold? And one of the pieces of advice I give is when something is making absolutely no sense like there is no rationality that's going on there like you cannot understand the words coming out of their mouth or they can't understand the words coming out of your mouth or their conclusions you're like how in the world did you come to that conclusion because you know a doesn't follow b doesn't follow c where did that come from um when you when you encounter things that are that irrational i would say that is a clue that you're dealing with a spiritual stronghold Mm -hmm. 
And so how do we take, and, and we kind of model for each of the chapters, each of the right. topics, how do we take these ideas that we've just talked about or the isms and the ism chapters, um, how do we turn that into a prayer to actually pray strategically through these ideas? Right. Um, so that would be the, the reinforce through discussion, discipleship, and prayer. So just in, in recap, ROAR stands for recognize the message, offer objective discernment, argue for a healthier approach, and reinforce these ideas through discussion, discipleship, and prayer. Yeah. And I just found that so helpful um, because, like, again, this isn't in the book, but it's in the study guide. You'll end the chapter with key scriptures. Mm -hmm. So I like that you have quite a few key scriptures, and then you have the template pause for prayer. So you have praise, admit, worship with thanksgiving, and supplication. And, again, I think that admitting, again, that spiritual battle, um, this is so, so, so important. And I think the books that I end up, finding that I gravitate to have to incorporate prayer um, mm -hmm. because, yeah, we're foolish to try to just make our, our game plan and then think this is going to work. Um, and I will say in the book, you do actually write out prayers. So I think about chapter five, then you actually have prayers. So I think for those maybe that this is new to them, it's mm -hmm. very helpful because you actually have prayers for each of those. So I found that really, really, really helpful as well. One of the things I love about your book is because of your titles, for the chapters. <laughs> I'm sure you I had a lot of fun with those. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure you had a lot of fun. I'm just going to read a couple of them. Uh, my brain is trustworthy, according to my brain. Chapter six, naturalism. <laughs> chapter seven, I'd believe in God if there were any shred of evidence. That's skepticism. Um, eight, the truth is there is no truth. Postmodernism. Chapter nine, you're wrong to tell me that I'm wrong. Moral relativism. And chapter 10, follow your heart. It never lies. Emotionalism. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so again, I, I love a sense of humor. Um, but if there's a couple of these isms that you feel that you would like to share with our listening audience um, that have really been laid heavy on your heart or just how helpful it has been to be able to recognize them. Oh, let's see. The ones that people have said for recognizing, I'm trying to remember what they've said i'll say one of the ones that's just kind of near and dear to my heart is the emotionalism because i think that encompasses a lot mm -hmm. of what we see going on in our culture in fact i just recently made a shirt for mama bear that, that has like this kind of cool graphic of a heart in the middle and around in a circle it says don't follow your heart it says stupid things um <laughs> and <laughs> and on the back it has a little compass and it says scripture reason and reality oh. and so that actually comes from the emotionalism chapter because we compare emotions like emotions are great things god gave us emotions there's a lot of ways where we can listen to our emotions but we would liken them to a compass if you have a compass that's not magnetized you have no direction you have no idea what direction it's pointing you in if you magnetize the compass then you can trust it to tell you oh this way's north this way's south this mm -hmm. way's east this is west you have to magnetize it first and i would say that emotions are kind of like that we have to uh, magnetize our emotional compasses so which means we need to have them to where they are aligning with reality and so how do we get them to align with reality and that's part of it i would say scripture reason and reality so if something is just completely against what scripture says well you know we if my emotions are telling me to do something against what scripture says then i can say i should not follow my heart in that mm -hmm. situation like i've heard stories of married people saying oh the lord told me to leave my spouse because i'm going to have great ministry with this other person pretty sure that's not the lord telling you to mm -hmm. do that uh that goes against scripture just the concept of reason like um like uh 
oh, golly, there's so many things that this could go into. Um, we'll just say reason and reality. We'll com combine those two. This idea of my heart tells me that I am a different sex. Well, does that align with reality? No, it doesn't. Or does it align with reason? Is it possible for me to change my sex? Can I go from a sperm producer to an egg producer or from an egg producer to a sperm mm -hmm. producer? Like taking out the concept of male and female and kind of getting down to the nitty gritty because that's what male and female is, is are mm -hmm. you an egg producer or sperm producer? No, you can't change that. Mm -hmm. um, and so we need to align our emotions with what is real, with what scripture says, and what kind of sometimes just makes rational sense although i wouldn't say that would be all the time sometimes the lord calls us to do crazy things like noah building a boat in the mm -hmm. middle of a you know giant boat in the middle when there's no storm going mm -hmm. on that of course didn't uh, align with reason at the time but it aligned with what the lord was saying him to him and it aligned with what reality because the lord was saying this is coming mm -hmm. um so I, I think that what we're seeing there's there's a big fancy word called epistemology so epistemology is this idea of how do you know what you know and how do you know that it's trustworthy and what we see happening in culture is people are taking emotions as the clue of how true something is so i don't know if you've watched any of these uh there's this um I don't know if I want to call it a fad or this whatever of people getting on their phones in the car and whipping themselves into more and more of this emotional, just blah, you know, like screaming and, and crying over something, you know, happened usually politically. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like they think that the more they feel something, the more true it is. Mm. And so uh, sometimes our kids are praised yeah. by culture for the more emotional they get, the more true something is, the more you're really showing what your truth is and bringing them back and saying, hey, sweet pea, that is not how we tell what truth is. We need to be looking at scripture, reason, and reality. Does it align with mm -hmm. these things? Um, and I think one of the ways that we're going to really be set apart in culture is learning how to have rational dialogue because that is disappearing. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess emotionalism would be one of the ones that I think I see that one going into progressive Christianity. I see it going into the Marxism. I see it going into the postmodernism. I even see it going into uh, the moral relativism. Moral relativism. Mm -hmm. um, we're kind of on the end part of the naturalism. That's like a whole other kind of caveat where some people um, will say, well, if science says it, I believe it, that settles it. But at the same time, we have allowed so much bias into science. It's mm -hmm. like science isn't even what it used to be. And so um, being able to discern between these things and what is actually giving us reason and reality, I think. Yeah. So anyway, those would that, that would right. be the one that I would really point out. Yeah, I agree. And I and I think there again, because you give us such a foundation and some resources. So I'm like in your website it says, listen, discern truth from lies, listen to the podcast, read, train yourself, prepare your kids, read the blog, and then equip, interact with the world, our favorite resources. And I think as you read the book, that's what I ended up doing is I'm building resources. And okay. I think, you know, again, like what you said, all truth is God's truth. Amen. It is. And so, um, again, I got pushback from some people who said because of my skin color, I can't comment on some topics. And so I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'll take you up on that. Yeah. And so I just quoted all authors that they would accept, mm -hmm. but, you know, obviously aligned with the word of God. Yep. Um, and they might not have been Christians, but they were logical based on data. And I say, you have to be intellectually honest, academically honest. Can you be that as we have yeah. this discussion? 
Um, and again, there's just so many resources out there to help because sometimes people really don't know the truth anymore. But no. again, applying it, even if you're like our kids are wanting to order something, I'm like, well, you need to investigate that company thoroughly. Yes. You know, so just in all of life, this applies. But I think, again, we're seeing more and more, even people who aren't Christians, um, well, gays against grooming. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many people. There's so much good stuff out there to help us. Isn't it beautiful how we can even align with people that we would normally say we're on opposite sides mm -hmm. of the aisle? And we're like, you know what? We're on the same side here. So let's yep. let's grab hands and, and, and march together on this one. Amen. And praise yep. God that we can have that that beautiful unity around something that is true. Yeah. As we end here, is there something that anything else on your heart that you would like to share with our listeners or to encourage them? Ooh, golly, so many things. Um, I would say one of the things that uh, intimidates, especially women, a lot is thinking that they have to have all the answers at the beginning. And one of the stories that I've heard over and over and over again from different women is when they just decide, okay, I'm going to just start. I'm just going to start mm -hmm. somewhere. And they start studying. Um, I jokingly call it that the Lord gives us the lecture portion of our learning, and then he gives us the lab portion. So, I, you know, I'm a science nerd, so we always had lectures and labs. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and so the lecture portion is maybe the thing that you're learning about. But there's so many times where someone will say, oh my gosh, I was just learning about this this week. And then I had my kid just randomly walked up to me and asked me this question, mm -hmm. or I had this neighbor just come and start giving this, this, uh, you know, idea that they had or wanting to discuss this. And it's like, the Lord will use whatever meager attempts that you do in mm -hmm. order to um, start being able to, uh, to really think biblically, mm -hmm. thinking with a biblical worldview. And he's so gracious that a lot of times he'll bring something into your path right when you're learning it yep. um, and give you give you the opportunity to practice it. And so you don't have to have it all at the same time. He's just so gracious to help um, walk you in slowly and to give you time to digest the information. And so I would say if you're thinking that you have to have it all, just don't worry about having it all. Um, just start somewhere. And I would say, especially with Mama Bear Apologetics, and this is something that my husband has said that I really appreciate, that there's some books where it feels like you just get this dump of information. You're like, oh, what do I do with all this? I just feel like someone vomited on me and now I have to sort it out. Um, what my husband calls the Mama Bear Apologetics book, he says, this book is a label maker, meaning you have all this stuff. It's like going to the closet that you've had all this stuff mm -hmm. stuffed in forever and you weren't sure what to do with it. And now you have a label maker to where you can organize it, to where it's not giving you more things to do. It's, it's teaching you how to understand the things that you've already noticed right. going on. And I think in that perspective, it's, it's actually more empowering than it is overwhelming. Right. And I think that motivation, I know in the foreword, um, it said the best motivator for apologetics is love. We need to love our children enough to listen to them and do the hard work of finding answers to their questions. And I remember hearing recently about a mom who started a, a support group for people walking away from the faith. Mm -hmm. And she was like, well, I did it because my kids asked me questions and I couldn't answer them. So yeah, we, they, we became atheists. I thought, well, why didn't you just try to find the answers? You know, again, it's just it's just so sad. And I thought that was going to have a happier ending than no, it did. <laughs> no, no. Well, I've said, too, after doing your second book, uh, The Gender and Sexuality, I said, I, I wish I could just take my brain out and wash it. You know, as you do your research, you're just like, ugh. Oh, but, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. No, 
it that that studying for that book really really affected me and so we we have a podcast episode 74 with this girl named molly defrank that talks about going on a um, a total screen fast for like two weeks and she says especially for kids you will get different kids when you Mm -hmm. just go cold turkey no screens period now that's hard for those of us who you know have to work from home and have to use the you know the computer for work and stuff like that but if there is a way for you to do a total screen fast it's amazing the kind of benefits that happen to your mind when you're able to get all that yuck yeah out of there and yeah we had to purge our minds and amy and i our our browser histories are ruined forever <laughs> our editor had to alert her it people that was like you're gonna start seeing a lot of really weird things coming through on my work computer mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh we still get lots of junk mail that's like "Ooh, that's that's lovely yeah. <laughs> so we really took one for the team for that <laughs> yeah but i think again that's one of those things that again just immerse yourself in the word of god incorporate those prayers and again the 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 fellowship of of the moms that we know um young and old and i and i love the the difference in ages because i think that encouragement for us for us to keep going um is just so important but i really want to have you come to laredo so i saw on your site that you said you know when people request so i'll be sending in a request we'd love to have you come to do a conference Um, But we will not ask you to come in the summer. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'm a Texas girl, and I know know. know that we flee Texas in the summertime. I have a friend here that went to Texas. I was like, why would you go to Texas in the summertime? I'm up in Iowa now, so it's nice and beautiful and cool. So, yeah, Yeah. yeah, bring me in when it's all nice and pretty. (laughs) Yeah, probably January, February, but yeah. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) But we would love to have you come and bless us here. Well, Hillary, thank you very much for coming on Bridge Radio today. For our listening audience, I was just in the background, just enjoying the podcast. And uh, I, I love the Waterboy reference that you made of Bobby Boucher, by the way. <laughs> I need to throw that in there. So just in case you guys didn't get that, um, please go get the book Mama Bear Apologetics uh, by Harvest House Publishing and uh, empowering your kids to challenge cultural lies. Uh Thank you. Thank you, Hillary, for coming on. And hopefully we can have you back on your other book. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, we can have another podcast on that for sure. We would love that. Yeah, we would love that. Well, uh, I like to end the podcast this way, if you may, before we close out. Are you able to share the gospel to our worldwide audience? And I'm throwing you a curveball in there <laughs> that I should have mentioned in earlier, but are you able to do that for us today? I absolutely can. So I want to start it out lot, uh, with people ask me, you know, what is one of the main reasons that you're a Christian? And one of the main reasons I think that I'm a Christian is because I feel like the biblical worldview accurately reflects reality. And so the reality is that things were created good and perfect and something happened and it came through and it messed everything up. If there is anybody in this world that thinks this world is not messed up, you just have not been paying attention. But we can see these glimpses of the beauty of what was created to be. Uh, and the idea that because because we are sinful, because we innately want to do things that are selfish, that we want to do things that uh, are self-serving, we have these sin natures that we cannot do anything 
about and uh and it separates us from god because god is perfect it's like no matter how good we think that we can be if you if i had a thing of water and i put one drop of poison in there you can't drink that water so we can't compare oh this one person is better than that other person is one drop of poison better or worse than 10 drops of poison they're they're both going to kill you so uh we have a problem that we can't do anything about for ourselves and so that is why god provided a way to purify us and to purify our hearts and to basically give us the righteousness that Christ has and saying, saying, um, I have paid this debt for you. Uh, if you're willing to submit to me, if you're willing to acknowledge my son and saying, you can't do it on your own. He is the only one who could do it for you. Are you willing to do that and take up your cross and follow me? And for those that are listening, I will say that, um, his burden is easy and his yoke is light. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Uh, when in comparison to just, um, all the shackles that mm. sin brings. And so if you're willing to say, I am tired of ruining, or I'm tired of running my own life because I have basically run it into the ground and say, there has to be a better way. I want I want to follow someone who is leading me into righteousness. Christ is that person. And he has given us the word to tell us what uh, we need to do, who we are to have faith in, and how we are to uh, behave with other people. But ultimately, it comes down to just God's free grace, uh, his gift to us of salvation, that uh, one day we are not going to be in this world forever. All the physical ailments, all the sadness, all the depression, all the anxiety, all of that will one day be completely gone. And so we are not becoming Christians because we want a better life now. We're, we are Christians because God has promised that this is not our home. Amen. And we press forward throughout trials and tribulations and suffering in this world, knowing that we are made for another world. And our hope is ultimately in that. And that was paid for and provided through the person of Jesus Christ. So I just want to uh, invite anybody who does not know what it means to be a Christian to just be looking at the Word of God. Uh, I know a lot of people say going through John can be one of the, the greatest ones to understand. We have this uh, reality of things were made perfect, sin came in and basically jacked up the world, and then we have the promise of redemption. Christ was basically the the, the, the down payment for that redemption, and one day we're going to see the full redemption. So we live in what we call the already not yet, where mm -hmm. we can see where the Lord is working, but He has not made all things perfect yet, and He will one day and praise be to God. I look forward to that day. Amen. Amen. Thank, Thank you, you for sharing the good news to our worldwide audience. Hillary, where can people find you if you want to be found? I always <laughs> say that. Uh, podcast, <laughs> books, where social media, where, where can we get a hold of you? Yep. So uh, we've got our website, mamabearapologetics.com. I always like to make sure people know they're spelling mama right. It's M-A-M-A. -M -A. We get all sorts of wacky spellings of mama. <laughs> and so just M-A-M-A, -M -A, mamabearapologetics.com. Uh, and uh, there is a form there that if you have a question that you can fill out, um, and that'll that'll come to us and you can also look at us on uh, social media on facebook uh, kind of twitter i kind of consider twitter still a bit of a wasteland amy answers a lot of the twitter stuff Lindsay <laughs> answers a lot of the uh, Facebook stuff. And I answer a lot of the Instagram place, uh, Instagram messages, because Instagram's the place I can go to get cute animal videos. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't mind immersing myself in that kind of social media. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. There's a, the, did you know, there's an entire social media feed that's called Eck, 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 Eck. And it's just cats doing that chirping that <laughs> whenever they see something. So this to me is good and true and beautiful. And I'm willing to allow myself to immerse in that experience. <laughs> 
<laughs> and if I need to answer some mama bear questions at the same time, that's a great place to get into contact with me. So yeah, and we've got the podcast, uh, Mama Bear Apologetics podcast. Uh, we've got the blog. So lots of different things that, that you can just keep up with us. Awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you go. Please uh, check out all those different sites. Hillary, thank you very much mm -hmm. for spending the time today with us as we went through your book. It was an absolutely great enjoyment mm -hmm. for me to listen in today as you guys discuss your book. Thank you for being on Bridge Radio. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank Enjoy you. Iowa. I'm jealous. Okay. Oh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this week's episode with Hillary Morgan Ferrer on her book, Mama Bears Apologetics, Empowering Your Kids to Challenge Cultural Lies. Leanne, how did you like the podcast? Well, I loved it. It was like I said, I've watched her on her other podcasts and mm. things, but She's just so warm and easy to talk to. And as you heard, we want to invite her down here. So I really, I'm, I'm excited. And I know there's a whole team that maybe it didn't come out, but there's so many people that help write this book. So like some chapters, she writes them by herself. Other times she pairs with someone else. Sometimes it's someone else completely. But I, I think it adds depth to the book because mm. you have so many different people. And that's why she's listed as the general editor because of kind of, you know, making it cohesive. Um, but I just think it adds depth to it and, and, and different perspectives, which especially as mamas, you know, our situations are so different. Yeah. Um, and also just to stress, because like the description on their podcast, it says Mama Bear Apologetics is a podcast for mothers of biological adopted or spiritual children who want to learn about how to defend the Christian faith, help give their children reasons for the faith and understand the worldviews that challenge Christian faith in the first place. And I love that summary because... You know, you might not have kids or your kids are grown or, but we all have spiritual kids. Yeah. Yeah. We're just, yeah, you're, you're interacting. And um, so I just think it's super important to have these skills. And I know that you have your own kids, but you, you have a lot of spiritual kids here at Bridge mm -hmm. as, as, as well. So, um, yeah, I, what, what, what just kind of stood out to you the most, just, just interviewing her that you got that maybe in the book you didn't you know get completely and just heard it from her her, her words it's herself um i think when you read the book um obviously you can get into a lot more specifics mm -hmm. and she just gives you a lot more i don't know how to say it hands-on but very specific mm. like ways to teach these things Got it. how to initiate conversations questions to ask so i mean sometimes you read something and you're like but how do i how do i apply this or what do i do with it and so they they make it very user-friendly um, and there again, that's why I really recommend the study guides because the study guides really help you digest, organize, uh, and it even says, do this with your kids. Yeah. You know, these are discussion questions. These are activities you can do. So obviously with the time we have, we couldn't really get into it. And again, all the isms, all the things that have come out in the world that there's nothing new under the sun, yeah. but it's just interesting because you get a brief history of each of these. So you kind of see where these, this evil came from. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So uh, again, it's a podcast. We can't, you know, talk about everything. This is why we recommend that you guys go get the book, get the workout book, do it in, do it in a group setting. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you can stop by here at bridge. Uh, Mama bear apologetics, empowering your kids to challenge cultural lies by Hillary Morning Ferrer. Uh, by Harvest House Publishing. 
please don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And like we always like to end the show, what is your only comfort in life and in death that I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Till next week, guys.